Salutations, greetings, and welcome to it. This is When Hybrid Was Home, a Loud Booth podcast presentation, and I am your host, True Story. Thank you for joining us in this year, episode 23 of our little series that we take to look at all things Arsenal related from a, you know, African Guna point of view. We just like to say peace to all of you. We pray you well. We pray you're having a blessed start to the month of April. May all be well around you and the spaces that you inhabit and cohabit. I pray you're staying safe. Pray you're staying masked up and sanitized throughout this COVID period. Rest in power to Rocky Rollcastle, who was celebrated at the start of the Liverpool game, an Arsenal legend indeed. And Uncle Claude Caligari, who was also an Arsenal legend, who was trans- transcending in the last couple of weeks as well. So we just had to start the show off right by giving thanks and praise to, you know, those angels that we have in the sky as, as Arsenal fans. And to you as Arsenal fans as well, making sure all is right around you. It's a time like this where we start to realise it's important to care for those who care for you and care with you for certain things, right? It was a tough weekend for us, you know, football-wise as Arsenal fans. It's been a tough couple of weeks. In reality, yes, we have a couple of silver linings to look at. Like, it, it ain't so bad, you know, yet in reality, losing 3-0, 3-0 to Liverpool the way we did in the manner that we did, I think, was, was more disappointing than anything, you know, because in reality, we know we're better than that. <laughs> you know, it shouldn't be a question of we lost the game yeah we can we can lose on our merits you know the same way we've showcased that when we play and and and, and showcase the best of our abilities we can win on our merit too you know we had actually beaten liverpool three times in our previous four encounters leading into that game and you know their quality told at the time when they're not at their best you know they're missing some key players and still they found a way to win games and win a key game for them so that game left them what seventh they left us tenth tough one you know 3-0 loss knowing that post that game we're on 42 points you know tied with Leeds for 10th place we're about five points off of Everton we're in eighth place so we're literally looking at it like bro we got a lot of work to do for Liverpool they they helped themselves out knowing that that three points put them up to 49 points tied with you know Tottenham Hotspurs and two points off of Chelsea so they're probably going to be closer to doing us a favor as a result of having done themselves a favor we ain't done ourselves no favors in that game you know a little bit of tail of the tape from that game thinking 16 shots in total for Liverpool three for Arsenal seven on target for Liverpool two on target for Arsenal you know okay conversion rate was pretty high for us you know (laughs) but we only created three on total. That's that's trash, bro. 65% ball position for Liverpool, 35% ball position for us. A total of 703 passes for them and 395 passes for us. You're realizing that, damn, in games like that, you see when, when certain teams who dominate positions, we even, even had those type of games where if we lucky, get up to 600 and something passes, right? The opposition won't get close to 400 passes. You know, they got 700 passes, we got close to 400 passes yet you know we had basically no ball position you know and realized that we didn't even create much with those passes sideways and backwards to avoid them getting at us it's very counterproductive i feel the way we play especially in games like these where you realize okay set an identity and go for it you know what i'm saying pass accuracy was 86 percent for liverpool 75 percent for us because when we had to now start chase the game we had to start going a bit longer although early on in the game we were trying to go longer some passes just weren't working out because offensively i also feel like our lines aren't there you know in a game like this we want to go longer either have a hold up man who you know the ball can get up there and stick or one who can run in behind right in the channels and make sure that your wingers can stay up in the opposition's wing channels and win win thirds and then you know make sure that the defenders having to turn around and and face their goal more than having to attack you yet we weren't doing neither of that so it's tough you know zero offsides for us three for them two corners for for them one for us those things for me always telling in relation to how much pressure you create you know in the opposition against the opposition's defense and force them to have to either make some mistakes or maybe you you get caught out because you were offside and you're putting them under pressure right but it is what it is, man. Tough game or tough game all round for me personally. Tough result to take as well. I don't want to dwell too much on it because I know if we do what we're supposed to do as a result of what we're going through right now, it'll be results like this that we look back at two, three seasons from now when we're winning titles and competing at the highest level and say, you know what, that was the turning point. We needed to see our team at that level. We needed to see who we are not to see who we may be, you know. So takeaway points for that game for me. It says, like we said, 10 points off of the top four with eight games to go. 
but you know what i'm saying it's it's like before you think of something like that and say 10 points off of the top four with eight games to go it doesn't matter if we 10 if we 10 you know what i'm saying six places off the top four in that regard we still end with a chance you know especially when you consider our games it's either teams above us or teams way below us so you it's in your hands now right yet you're not sure what this team can be in that eight games there's too much inconsistencies games that you know they should win they're likely to go draw games that you know maybe they should have a chance of maybe drawing they're likely to get blown out like the liverpool game then you're looking at a situation where you're like okay i don't know where the median is with this team you know what i'm saying those eight games could literally go from six wins out of eight to two wins out of eight you know you don't know what it's going to be with these lads and that's my issue right now where it's like if you are miguel Arteta, you have to realize that your career is on the line right now you know and you can approach these last eight, last eight games saying i've got the quarterfinal in the europa league in my hands against a team i should be which means basically i'm guaranteeing myself in the semi-finals with that approach right and that mindset progressive thinking right proactive thinking okay i'm gonna play quote-unquote my senior first team players in those europa league games especially in the first legs where i know if they win that game for no i'll tell them oh you'll get way more time to rest those of you who do play well and impress me for the long term will get a chance to play with the younger players in the league games because i can't guarantee consistency at the very least let me guarantee that i will have more metadata as it relates to my progress and my rebuild going forward right as in i will know what gabriel martinelli can be on the left wing at 10 at 9 on the right wing i will know what nelson can be for me at left wing right wing 10 or false 9 i will know what bukaya saka can, can be for me at 10 or as a deep line playmaker i know if emil smith can play deep next to Partey. experiment with your squad so that you're not in a situation where we by grace go and get into European European competition next season by the greatest the Champions League knock on Apple and then we we can spend right and then you're spending without enough information to know on what type of players are you spending for and how do they fit in with what you currently have because that's the one thing I really have an issue with that if you had to go build as Mikel Arteta with the information we see him displaying right with the, the information that he's gathered and how he displays it right because he's had enough time to look at these players and to know that okay if i like william as a player ahead of nelson this is why i like william it may not be because i like william right now as a player long term i like him right now as it relates to what he allows me to see within my team that i need a player like william going forward okay so if you identify that nelson is not that type of player that means you've seen enough from nelson to know he's not that type of player we as fans haven't seen enough from Nelson. so when you make that decision you need to have enough information to stand on it because now when we go see nelson law forbid perform at another team and add quality there we will look at you as the manager and say well you the one who wasn't good enough it's not reese nelson it's not joe willick it's it's not it's not it's not Aiden maitland niles you know it's not the player it's the manager and right now you're having a situation where for me personally that game allowed me to see that we don't have enough going forward a goal threat if you will right because without a consistent goal threat there's not much to look at within an arsenal team as currently constructed because you know they will concede goals you know they will give the opposition chances to score right yet if they have enough of a goal threat every game you can almost come into the game saying how many more goals can they score versus the goals that they will give up knowing that at least there's a margin for them to win the game through that margin is gone now you know early on in the season it used to be there saying that there's, there's at least a goal threat even at the start of Mikel's reign towards i mean for me personally that's what kept emery's reign going everybody talks about the comparison between Mikel and emery i'm like okay the only thing with with emery that i liked is that he put out as much of the firepower as possible where there wasn't always as much of a a plan attackingly you know there wasn't as much of a plan of how we play going forward it's just like play it up the, play the ball up into the attacking players and let them do their thing and then he would put as many of them as possible out there to allow them to do their thing you know what i'm saying and then there were times when you could see like Azed, pepe and abumayang play together in the team and you're like oh okay this mandem is just like i right, cool i don't want to have to pick between y'all because i'm not that good at picking between y'all and what combination of y'all to play in what way y'all go figure it out 
Miguel seems to overthink it. Like, I know a combination that works best, and then you overthink it, and then they have to go figure it out still. You know what I'm saying? And then you, they've shown these mandem that they're not good at figuring it out for themselves, especially the senior players. Because for me, the younger players like Karen Tierney, when he's available, Saka, when he starts, Emil Smith Rowe, when he used to start more consistently, Martinelli, when he used to get, get games, even Reese Nelson, when he used to be in the squad, to a larger degree, even when Nketiah used to be around in the squad a bit more. I used to always feel like at least there's a chance of one of them will get a chance, create a chance, Joe Willock even. They'll get a chance, create a chance. They'll get a chance, create a chance. They, they may make a mistake, but they'll get a chance, create a chance. Within them, within the, if any of them are playing, they'll get a chance, create a chance. When Odegaard came in, that feeling was also there with him. Like, he'll get a chance, create a chance. Started a little bit slowish, picked up. Now it seems like he's played a few too many games in a row in a situation that is not secure enough for him to go and risk it all. You know what I'm saying? his euro is coming up still what's the point of him trying to go and risk it all and then i still have to maybe potentially go back to madrid and fight for my place i can't afford to be injured over here where y'all aren't even competing for nothing anyway that's tough it's tough you know because another takeaway from that game and i started to realize that we've got to that point of the season when minor start to consider themselves in holistic regard right players especially start to say eight games to go in the league we ain't got none to really play for in the league we got the european games that's where i'm gonna exert my energy and save my energy for i ain't trying to get injured in case i gotta play in the off season i'm trying to recover in the off season because i didn't get to recover last off season or i'm looking for a move elsewhere so i don't want to fail my medical or whatever the case may be right a player like Aubameyang for me starting to look like bro we're gonna have to have some real talk conversations with a man like that he's gonna have to have some real talk conversations with himself yet the team and us as a fan base we're gonna have to have some real talk conversations about Uber, right because he's done on the wing that's over for he's far too old to play that position and consistently track back he's an, he's an amazing athlete amazing athlete credit to him for being able to keep his body up at this level at the age that he's at right yet that left wing position requires for you to be literally up and down that channel 24 7 bro he can't do that anymore and having to now learn to adapt his game to center forward position it puts too much pressure on him to say we need you to play backup minutes on the left wing forward side he can't do that for you anymore right he's in a situation where right now you either play him down the middle or don't play him at all you know because right now it's like if we don't decide what's going on between him and Laka and say, okay, if you want to keep him and Laka long term, either one of them is going to spot minutes for the other when you decide to go horses for courses. Sometimes you'll play two when you play two up top. That's it. Otherwise, you sell one or you sell them both. We can't have this toss-up in there where you have two strikers over the age of 30, basically, and you still don't know who your number one, number nine is. And even when you play either or, you don't necessarily guarantee performance or production. That's not going to work, bro, because there's no future in that literally there is no future in that so some's gonna have to give with it when we come to nicola pep we start to realize that he's probably going to be a very highly paid squad player right and we need to accept that because we need a sixth man backup creative mid somebody who can give us the quality that the starters can give us in bursts and he can't do it consistently which is why he's a backup player that's what Nico Pepe is for us. He's a luxury player that we can't take the luxury of carrying every single game. There are going to be some games where we're going to be able to afford ourselves that luxury and it'll turn games for us. When you can bring him on against a Man United, a Liverpool, a Chelsea, a Man City and you 1-0 up or it's 0-0 at half time and you have to make a change and then it doesn't have to be a defensive change. You have another type of player who in this type of setting, in this type of moment, it could just be perfect for him. You know, you need those type of players, especially in a winsome situation. You looked at that squad that Liverpool had and you're thinking, damn, they could have thrown on Alex Slade-Chamberlain, Sheridan Shakiri, but they went for Jota first and he gave them two goals. Next week, it could be Shakiri, it could be Naby Gate, it could be anybody else. They've got the quality to do that. You need those type of mandem there, you know? Pardon me. For, 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 for Thomas party time, I felt a lot for him, you know? Let me just get a sip of water because this was a bit tough to see, you know, because... Thank you, Lord. When you think Thomas Partey, you think when he was signed for Arsenal, he's supposed to be, as everybody talked about it after one or two games, that that's the Patrick Vieira. Paddy V always had partners to dance with in that midfield. From Gilberto Silva to the Romford Pele, Ray Parler to Six Fabulous, he always had a partner somebody you know to to edu to betty imanu you know what i'm saying he always had a partner 
now you're looking at a situation where party time doesn't have a dance part so he's having to dance alone on that dance floor it can be tiring to run that dance floor alone i'm not a dancer my partner is and i feel for her because i'm thinking certain spaces she's gonna have to dance a lot and i'm i'm too lefty shoddy you know so i gotta learn to be a good dance partner for her so i'm like i can't look at it like i can't dance i just can't dance as good as you can dance but i can compliment you because you're such a great dancer you maybe have to look at something like that for Thomas party and say you know what be frank with yourself but my name is true right if Danny Ceballos is maybe an archetype the the perfect compliment or the perfect foil for Thomas party because he's supposed to be more the the light-footed version you know what i'm saying he, he brings more the class to this thing right thomas party will bring more the brute force and he'll have technicality but it's crafted in such bruteness that it comes away it comes a certain way you need somebody who seems more class and refinement and can also add that bruteness and that toughness within your squad right that's a conversation that leads me to thinking in that number eight position emile smith Rowe would probably be better suited as a dance partner for thomas Partey there than any other player you're going to enter the market and look for the solutions are in-house you know because you look at Mateo guinduzi and emile smith Rowe, you have basically that player in guinduzi emile smith Rowe, and joe willick you have the partners for thomas partner for thomas party pardon me when it depends to you know which game are you going to try play again Against which opposition right if you want to play a game where you're going to dominate the ball a lot more you play a Smith throw in that deeper position and allow him to quarterback from deep right allow him to receive the ball on the half turn because he's comfortable turning on either shoulder and playing a long ball playing a short ball and playing forward pass which you don't see next to Thomas Partey in that midfield if you want more running beyond Partey he's okay yes Partey can run but I don't want him to have to go do box to box too much I'll play a Joe Willock next to him and go box to box with Joe Willock right if you now want a compliment between the two where Mateo Gunduzi can pass well not as well as Emil Smith throw yet he can pass well enough to be a compliment in a deep line midfield position where he can play that position as a as a boost question and then he can also go forward if Partey wants to sit back I like that mixture because eventually you can maybe grow in midfield where you can play that tree your way when I saw Partey come into our midfield I thought okay you can actually go by an attacking midfielder and a defensive midfielder and play three of them in midfield with Thomas Partey and he's a compliment for either or because he's a Swiss army knife he can adapt he's a comedian in the midfield he can be like I'll be your CDM I'll be your box of box midfield I'll be your deep line playmaker as long as your players will compliment his game in their roles because they can compensate for the other things so he doesn't have to do too much he needs a dance partner and that's something we're going to have to address in the transfer window because i feel if you can move on from granite shaka sabias is on loan you bring back matoya gunduza you bring back torera you bring back joe willick and then you move emil smith road deep and then rather spend your money on udegaard and another 10 presumably then you know i'm set in central midfield out wide we basically set for the next 10 years when you think of nelson martinelli and saka and pepe and all the kids in the academy as well you know murray hutchinson all of them are so amazing in those positions you good there go get me a number nine sell those two and lump up the money dog you know if you can get into europe and a Haaland is sitting there saying i want a good situation but i want a pressure free situation where i can grow with a team right if he's gonna leave dortmund why go to why go to real madrid where unless real madrid are promising that we're gonna go get you Kylian mbappe bro i wouldn't go to real madrid right now who am i gonna play with it's gonna be all on me we saw what they did to eden hazard bro like it's tough over there so I'd rather go to a situation where i know i've got a squad i can play with and i can still leave there if i gotta leave there right yeah then rather go spend your money saw boomerang and like i said get some dangote money and put up 150 and get ealing harlan and be like there we go at the very least we'll recoup the money from skeepers and some bandwagon fan jumper fans and we'll get some goals up front because that's the issue we can get regular goals at arsenal bro we saw what that is doesn't matter how much you got to pay in relation to the market Thierry Henry actually cost a lot of money in relation to the market don't let them fool you with the documentaries it was a real gamble they took at that time especially for players quote-unquote unproven Dennis Bergkamp was coming off a bad season in Inter Milan he still cost money you know what I'm saying and it, it worked out those gambles some of them don't work out you get the francis jeffersons in them it's cool but we spend money as arsenal especially up top because we know we can build our squad around that some's got to give it we spent money on these two it hasn't necessarily spanned into what wins should have been down the line in the grand scheme of things yet we got a little bit of marginal return on investment let's you know clean the books off of that and go again you know 
just man them like the bala out there who are struggling for form bring me somebody who i know can score goals i know i have midfielders who can create get me a midfielder who can be a destroyer for me next to party or as a backup off the bench for party i think Torreira can do that for us if y'all don't think so move him to Boca and bring me someone in that midfield defensively you know what it is give me a right center back if if saliba is not it bro go lump up some money for verani dog like don't be scared to spend because you literally three four signings away fix the goalkeeper thing fix the right back thing right center back thing midfielder center forward we go again bro so that's what it is man just a little rant because it got me peeve watching liverpool have players like navigator who could revolutionize our football club just by coming in and they were willing to spend on that and saying in case we need it come on brody so yeah player ratings for that game is going to be pretty tough guess the lineup we actually did pretty well where if you think about it, it was just two off you know what I'm saying? So that gave us, what, 9 plus the bonus point. That was supposed to be 10 points. Great return. But if the team loses, what's the point of guessing the lineup right, right? First half was pretty evenly evenly matched, I think, for the first 15 minutes. Then Liverpool started to dominate, got two or three chances. They did well, you know. And I think for us to go into the halftime break, no, no, I felt we had done well. You know, for the pressure that they did exert on us towards the end of the first half, you know, I felt, okay, they could have scored one or two there. We've kept them out. If we can come in the second half, no we only play one half of football anyway we will be in this game unfortunately the one half of football we chose to play in that game was the first half and the second half will know it to be found because again this tempo of the second half was similar to the first half starts off a little bit slow you know feeling each other out let's see who blinks first and then Mikel blinks you know unfortunately I mean the, the first one was like I mean Kieran Tierney he had to make the change and bring on Cedric Suarez because that was injuring force yet when you start with Ceballos he struggles because he can't get a foothold in the game then your change is basically let me double down and go for more defense than more offense when you had a chance to say okay let's see what we can be if we leave Partey to just run the defensive side of the midfield and throw more bodies attacking him. You know what I'm saying? It's like everybody run back to cover with Partey, but he can hold it down for a phase or two where the ball will be recycled if y'all are tracking back. Nope, bring on more and then we're just going to clog that midfield with another body. When we do get the ball, we're not going to have much use for it and then there's less bodies going forward because more and then he doesn't have the legs to go box to box like that. Doesn't have the passing range to trans transfer the ball to the zones where it needs to be quickly enough, right? So, so that was tough to see because immediately after more and then he came on 58th minute we conceded in the 61st minute for me that was telling we blinked first and Klopp made a change immediately after that where he brought on Jota right after more and then he came on real talk he brought on Jota for Robertson for a left back he brought an attacking player we took off a deep line playmaker for a defensive midfielder and that moment there is where the game and, and where games are won and lost for managers. And Miguel is still a novice at this level. He needs to learn those things. It's one thing to experience it in the game. Sometimes in the game, you've been players, those of us who are lucky to be players, you've been players where you've been in a situation where you will see the change happen. You're like, why is coach making that change? Then you'll see how the game changes as a result of that change. You're like, oh snap, I didn't see that there. I didn't realize that we didn't have space in this midfield. I'm just busy trying to track here and track here. Now when you make a change and then you take one of us out that midfield and then you leave us with two in midfield instead of three now somehow they can't have three in midfield because now we have three up front they're scared of that oh snap that's real those subtle things can change a game bro so that was tough man that was tough that 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 three nil explosion for liverpool and that implosion for us was crazy because that was like 36 minutes between those three goals you know 64th minute 68th minute they kill it off in the 82nd and they had chances to go four five sixes you know, maybe they aren't as ruthless and as clinical as they ought to be right now because they aren't as good as they ought to be right now, but yet they were good enough to put us away 3 0. Those margins are very telling. So, player ratings wise, for me, Brent Leno should have done better for the second goal. He's proven in the last couple of games, right, where for some people they'll say this is the outlier. For me, he's regressed to me. This is his level, bro. Must remember, we signed Mandem from Bayern Leverkusen. If you know anything about German football, there's a hierarchy in German football that basically pre-states that by the age you age 22, 23, as a promising German footballer, if you haven't been signed by Schalke or Munich or Dortmund now, you aren't levels. And Leverkusen hasn't been in that bracket for a while. 
be real with yourself when i started watching football leverkusen were in that conversation where if you had leverkusen you are one of them players where you can play your whole career halfway through in germany at leverkusen and by 26 27 be picked up by the other big teams because they were that big of a team the levels dropped to right now where if a player hasn't left leverkusen by age 21 22 they aren't levels bro leno was there until age what 25 26 backup number three in germany where he was supposed to be the number two goalkeeper to mano Noor when the stegen blew up he's now second choice and rightfully so because leno is not levels in modern football you need to be a ball playing goalkeeper he can't do that he's a shot stopper and he's not a shot stopper in the sense that i will stop the shot and keep the ball he's a start shot stopper in the sense that i will punch it away not too far even i will avert it down and then try to catch it again come on bro come on bro come on bro. in modern football we see how many goals scored as a result of goalkeepers trying to parry the ball and dropping it or trying to deflect the ball downwards to try and make sure that it bounces first before he catches it ah come on bro that's not levels that was a three that was a three and we're being lenient right here for these mandem kellen chambers started it right back and it's like after two three games where he was good you know and i'll i'll admit i'll hold my hand up bro i went a bit crazy i said callum chambers could be our solution as a backup right back especially when i thought oh my goodness if Ailey maitland niles comes back or even if we sell maitland niles and hector bellerin and go bring in a right back like it's been rumored we could have a backup there in chambers that is not too much of a drop off you know against better opposition he was exposed and it's one of those things where he's just not levels and with him i can live with it because margins is that you know what you get in there he's a backup that when he starts you have reason to be scared and if he doesn't perform well enough in that role for a season he has reason to be scared there are levels like that we saw in the really winsome teams where there were guys like west brown who were developed at manchester united yet age 26 27 you're not surprised to see Wes brown sold on you're like yeah i could see in a couple games when you had to come on you weren't levels the same way when we signed Mikel Silvestro from man united and i was like bro not levels you can see if he struggled there as a backup he's not going to be able to lead you here we signed louise in the back end of his career as a backup at chelsea and he has to come here be a starter william was on his way out at chelsea he has to come here be a rotation key piece you know sixth man off the bench those margins yet again chambers is just on the wrong side of those margins another player who i feel is on the wrong side of those margins started right center back and rob holding you know i love to love rob holdinho a part of me is because he's probably one of the last remnants of the wenger legacy and when wenger was trying to do something that the world didn't understand fully he tried to develop a british center back you know who didn't have all that all that aura of him being the next coming up you know you got him from Bolton age what 8 19 20 right having come through the ranks not even being an under 18 international under 19 under 17 international England there wasn't too much hype around Rob Holding like that for him to be able to play at this level three four games in the row and give you sevens that's amazing let's keep it real that's Chris Smalling levels where they took him from non-league and put him into basically the starting lineup of Man United there were games when you're like okay y'all can win a league title with this kid y'all are amazing for doing that because he's not that level we need to be able to say those things and understand them right because there's some teams where the players around you will make you great and you will add to that Rob Holdinho what he's supposed to add to this is a lot of what we felt the traditional arsenal backline of tony adams lee dixon martin keogh nigel winterburn added to that mixture of the european guys like patrick vieira and emmanuel petit and Burkamp and Overmars and and pires and Henri. is that i can trust your level you may not be level as in quality compared to your opposition and your teammates even some of them and the teammates that they play with at international level yet we can trust your performance more consistently than some players that's why you play now we can't trust Jordanian's performance because he can't even trust what team he plays in when he was playing in a team that was consistent even if it was a consistently bad team he still knew how to comport himself to a level where he can be accountable to now when the level drops he's got no level to account himself to because one week a seven will be acceptable the next week only an eight is acceptable because the level around you is now five last week the revel around you was about six so you playing at a seven was okay now you have to drag them up another level and it's harder for him to do that because he's not that level himself it was a very bad game for him in possession which is red because he's pretty tidy on the ball 
it was a worse game for him out of position, positioning-wise, which is something I felt he should pride himself on. Knowing this league, there's certain pockets and certain spaces within the defensive channel where you know how to position yourself there better than any other player can because you know the type of runs certain players make. You should be doing better. To get beaten for headers by guys like Raheem Sterling and Diego Jota, bro, at your size, having played in that league as long as you've played in that league as Rob Holding, that's not acceptable. That is not acceptable. So that was a three for Rob Holding, and that was tough to see as well. For Gabriel, man, I'm a huge fan of Gabriel Magalhães. Y'all know this, man. And it's tough to see him in that situation, you know, because he's just come back and looked good. Now he looks like he's in sixes and sevens because the thing we had maybe chided, you know, Mikel Ateta for doing playing Luis next to him ahead of Rob Holdinho looks like maybe that's the type of thing he needed a game like this, where he was trying too hard because he's having to make up for Holdings. In, in in capabilities you know what i'm saying he's fallings and he's and his shortcomings that's tough you know so that was a tool for gabriel because he was at fault for the second goal you know as much as leno was at fault i feel he was at fault too because he could have dealt better with that ball right and not allowed it to get to a point where muhammad salah can score and he needs a partner too he needs a partner who you can rely on and say this is who i play with long term you saw how excited he was at the prospect of playing with Saliba, with the little information that we know that he knew a little bit about Saliba having played in France, that means he had seen enough about Saliba to say, this kid can play, and he can play next to me, and we can go somewhere, we can build the squad up to a level, then when we saw Gabriel play, though, people weren't sure if Gabriel would be able to start the season, now he's borderline one of our best defenders, arguably our best central defender, even though he's had a terrible game against Liverpool, he's still our best central defender. That says a lot, bro. The Carantini only played 45 minutes, started at left back. We'll rate him a standard six because it wasn't long enough. And again, you know Carantini, when he's out there, he will be one of your best players. Unfortunately, that leg injury looks like it's going to be more muscular. So he might be out for the rest of the season, which I pray it's not. Knock on everything. I pray it's not because we don't have a backup left back. Cedric Suarez can't be our backup left back. We left. We let Aisley Maitland-Niles go out on loan. Now we don't have covered left back. Miguel has nowhere and any time ever said, let's go and take Joao Lopez, who is a left back, who was developed, like I always said, at Barcelona, where they play with more attacking fullbacks, and he know how to play in this way of, 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 of pressing and, and being more of a ball carrier. He can arguably replace Carantini on the offensive side. Defensively, he may be suspect. Nah, Miguel's probably going to revert to type and want to play soccer there. Akito's been doing amazingly, having found himself on the right wing channel and I have to revert to time to compensate for the team shortcomings when he's actually excelling that's how you lose transcendent young players they look back to those moments that's how Chamberlain left they look back to those moments and say you don't naga me dog for those of you listening to us abroad naga me means you don't think of me dog you don't consider me you don't see me like I see me you don't you don't value me we don't value some of our players I'm telling you with Martinelli that one's a definite that kid can see we don't value him. With the Nelson, that's, that's a, we, that ship is sailed. Mikel, unfortunately for me, has ruined a lot of our young players as a result of him failing to manage them properly and trying to acquiesce the more seasoned players who down the line realized they aren't good enough. It was a nice thing to see that transcendent or that transparent moment during Christmas where, when we beat Chelsea and Lacazette says, the young players have carried us. We as older players felt we needed to step up and complement what they actually are trying to do because they're playing better than us right now. Few of those experienced players in that dressing room have the gumption to say that. They think of themselves way too highly. They don't think of themselves, I mean, there's no such thing. I think they don't see themselves as they should. They're too self-absorbed, actually. They see the things that really don't matter. What matters is you get to do this at the highest level for one of the greatest football teams and football institutions in the world. Take pride in what you do. Leave a legacy. Honor that badge or don't wear it at all. That's just simple. You can get a bag somewhere else, but somebody else will pay you. Like, you like you know what I'm saying? Y'all know your value. It's dope. Someone else will pay you. Don't make us as fans who have to go through what we have to go through to support our teams, what we get to go through to support our teams. I'll be real, I get to do this. Some people don't get to do that. Some people don't get to follow their favorite football team and go with the highs and lows of all that that, that brings, right? It's a euphoric journey. I wish that for everybody. Yet not like this. This ain't it. 
this ain't it so i mean yeah cedric suarez i don't even know how to rate you brody um i think we gave you what a five because it's going to be tough for you coming in as a makeshift left back now for the rest of the season and yeah that mismanagement is costing you too i'm sorry bro uh, Thomas Party started in midfield. Party time, man. I think he battled hard. You know, he's let down by his teammates and the supporting cast around him. I'll give him a seven because he was our best player, and we reward those things because those things actually matter for us as fans. We always look back at games like that and say who actually tried for us. You know, who was out there basically vicariously embodying what we go through when we when we support our teams. You know, there's times when we feel like, listen, give me the jersey and I'll play, coach, because they ain't trying to play. They ain't trying to represent us. That ain't it. So, yeah, party time will give you a 7 OG. Um, Sabaya started next to him, which I wanted to see. He had shite performance across board. Um, was taken off in the 58th minute. He got a 1 for me. That's just because he was in the team. Otherwise, I'd give it a 0. But because I wanted him to be in the team, he showcased what he can do. I'm a big advocate for give people an opportunity and then judge them off of what they do with the opportunity don't judge them off of what you think they will do with the opportunity because you will always be wrong now you can grade them and say in a big game against a team where it's levels on levels on levels prove yours he, he, he proved that he's not levels right he disproved my theory that he could be levels it's okay he hasn't adapted to english football it's his second season we haven't signed him, so we're not taking a loss on him. Say if we played 35 million, we'd only be getting back 15 or 20 right now anyway. So let's let it go. Let him go. Um, I miss Joe Willock on that note. Joe, I pray you well, bro. Because seeing a performance like that where for me, I was like, Brody, why are you not prioritizing a player like Joe Willock and then keeping Ceballos on the bench as his backup in case Joe Willock needs somebody to help him through this process? Tobias looks like a better theoretical player for us than a practical player for us. If he's on the bench, bro, and unfortunately he's assistant coach and relaying the message that Miguel wants relayed and doing the things in training, he'll be better for us than, than any other player you can mention. There's people who, who sleep on that. Like Rosiski towards the end of his Arsenal career had so many injuries. People would question, why is he on the books getting 80 to 100k per week? Because he is the perfect squad player to relay the coach's messages and keep the tempo at a certain level within that locker room. You need those type of guys, especially when you have young guys around. Ceballos is that type of guy, but I mean, we don't own him, so it's what it is. Performance-wise, he's not levels, you know, so we're going to have to move that and move on from that. It was sad to realize that when Miguel did make that change, like we mentioned, Klopp literally, we made the, the Elneny change. He comes on 58th minute. Klopp literally gives a 2 minutes, 61st minute. You see Robertson go off for Diego Jota. 64th minute, Liverpool are 1-0 up. 68th minute, Liverpool are 2-0 up. 82nd minute, game over. You know, and it's crazy when they were two nil up, we took off Abu Mayang, which we'll get to now because he started on the left side, right? Klopp responded by taking off Firmino for Gini Walnadam in the 78th minute, right after we make that change, saying, I'm two nil up. You've taken off a guy who was supposed to, in your mind, be a threat, while the guy you're bringing on is actually more of a threat than the guy you're taking off. And they actually feared Martinelli more than they feared Aboumiang. And, and, and there was one moment when Martinelli came on and he was running at Liverpool down the left, left side channel. And you saw the whole defense from goalkeeper to the two centre-backs to the right full-back literally turn the attention towards him. Like, forget what's going on here. Deal with that there. Because if you don't deal with that there, it's going to be a problem. That time, they're 3-0 up, bro. Yet they consider that kid to be a threat. They don't consider Boomerang to be a threat on the wing because we know what he's going to do. Everybody and their mama know what he's going to do. He's going to come in on his right foot and try to put it far corner. I just got to shade him to the touchline. He doesn't have enough to beat me. If he tries to step over, he's got two of them in him, and then he's going to try another two. I just take that ball and we go. Come on. Come on, bro. So it's like, if we can see it, Mikael has to see it. This ain't it, Abuma Young Dog. This ain't it. This ain't it. I love, I love Abuma Bloodcard Young Dog. This ain't it. You as a player as well have to be accountable to the manager. Like, Doug, if you're trying to play me out on the wing against Liverpool just for my confidence or for the fans, nah, don't stop me. I'll go out at the end of the game and say, listen, for the team's benefit, we couldn't start me and Lacazette. Coach and I had a conversation. Facts. 
But for you to take that knowing he's doing it for your confidence, praying that you maybe get a chance and maybe you score and maybe you'll get right. And then when you realize it's not happening, you drop your head and it's looking all over the place. I don't want to read into the other stuff where people do it, like stuff like, oh, you're switching your hairstyles, you're going through it. You're allowed to go through what you're going through emotionally. As long as your emotional process allows to lead you to your progress. I'm big on that. Because a lot of people actually don't go through the emotional process, which is, which is why they don't always get the progress that they want. Allow people to go through the emotional processes, right? Yet, if it doesn't lead you to more progress, it leads us to more questions. Because for me, I have more sympathy for someone like Uber. Knowing what he's gone through this year, and you're supposed to be on the high of having signed your deal, yet you're going through all of this, and then the form starts to wane. We just pray that your mom is well, Brody. We pray that all is well within you and your family, and we're praying for you as a man first. And we pray for you, the player that you can return to what you once were and even greater heights because you at your best you're one of the best players i've seen wear that arsenal jersey yeah right now i i think it's time for us to just you know what i'm saying i don't even say take a break maybe it'll be better for you to go find another place where you can find happiness and peace you know because this ain't it i actually do wish it was like you know basketball where you've got your contract they can trade you on that contract you probably have to go negotiate a new deal another team might want to pay you less let's talk about barcelona wanting you i think that even just that 18 months in barcelona would be so amazing for money you know just a new environment different 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 things you know mind them like messi might sign an 18 month contract and stay and then coincide his contract to lapse with you you know, you could bring something different there. You could be part of something really special. Where right now, we're trying to build towards something and you just seem like you're on a different timeline. Real talk. It seems like you're on a different timeline with you. Like a 10 year age gap between you and our best young players and our actual best players right now when it comes to form. So even if we have to give you another six months to truly capture your form, that's another six months wasted because in 12 months time we have to have a conversation about hey is uber too old now for this team where they may be potentially i don't wish that on you bro i don't wish that on you bro so it's like some real frank conversations have to be had and my name ain't frank is true so i'll leave that to you bro uh, martinelli came on so over my young gets so on for me martinelli came on for him just rate him 77th minute i can't really call it you know didn't have enough time to impact the game i pray he starts against salvia prague who'll do the pre-game you know starting lineup gets the lineup for that you know but it's one of those things tough to see for the kid who said our piece i feel on that Pepe started on the right side great to see him get a start with saka out yet he couldn't do much without service you know and i think he needs more movement around him for him to be effective when he's the only one moving it's easy to mark him because i now know what he's more inclined to do i send two at you immediately and i trap you and i say i'm gonna cover the left side and then i'm gonna force you onto your right side and down the touchline and if you can beat me down the touchline there'll be a recovering defender to clean you out and all it takes is for me to knock you down three four times without any love from the referees and your teammates not being up for it enough to fight for you i'm probably gonna get you down a bit and that's gonna be the end of that which is sad to see you know because player like Pepe and a team that is thriving, a team that is up for it, a team that is hungry, that you use that player as an asset. You know, you fight to get on the ball. For me as a midfielder, I'd fight to get on the ball to make sure my more creative players can get on the ball quicker. You know, so the quicker I can get on the ball and step my authority in this game and make sure that the guy who's marking me actually wants to give me a second or two to decide what I want to do because he's tired of me having to lose him and then play the pass and then I know the game's open. So rather he stays in between. If I'm going to play a pass forward, he now knows, okay, track back there because I'm not going to run forward. I'm letting them do what they gotta do i'm gonna hold my position you see me when y'all have the ball bro you know what i'm saying and it just gives people freedom that way so for pepe man that was just sad to see udegaard started in the 10 again no support for him i didn't think i rate pepe that was a five udegaard as well five i'm just gonna start with the rating before i rate the players so i'll blow it up <laughs> i like to justify why i rated them first before i give you the rating but fuck it five for udegaard bro um no support i think as well couldn't get in the game much you know how it is at 10 if you don't get in the game early the longer it goes and the less touches you get the more ineffective you look you know just off of the eye test i haven't seen you long enough and now the more you try to do more the more you fuck out because you're trying to do a whole lot more which leads to me thinking it's probably better you get off and it was sad to see as well for Udegaard because he played a full game and had nothing to show for it in a situation where you're thinking he wants to impress even if it's just to impress to go back to real madrid not to stay 
at Arsenal. Yet you in limbo between Arsenal thinking, is it worth 35 million for this kid? Yes, it is. Yet, if you don't have more of the promising games and more of these type of games, especially in the bigger games where even if you're losing to a team like Liverpool, if I'm going to play 35 million for a guy, I need you to be the type of guy that can score me the 3-1 the goal that maybe gives us a chance. You know what I'm saying? I'm not paying 35 mil for a guy who comes in and he's bang average and fits into the mean in those big games. So, again, tough conversations to be had, man. Um, Lacazette was up front. Give him a 3. Battled hard. As always, I love the fight he has. I love the way that he will he will fight hard. I think he got smacked in the face and the fight was a bit smacked out of him for a little while because it dimmed down. But I mean, you know, need some need some clarity, I feel, regarding his role. You know, when you playing in that role where you're a striker who has to take all that abuse, you know, holding up the ball and all that abuse when you miss chances, which you inevitably will miss when you're not playing as consistently as he is playing right now. Or he's failing to play right now you need some clarity regarding your role because at the very least that's what's going to keep you sharp you know when you know i play in certain games and i know those type of games i play in games when we have to maybe put uber on the wing and have a luxury player in him on the wing i'm gonna have to compensate for him tracking back wise or holding up the ball i.e i'm gonna have to compensate for him work rate wise and i might have to score more consistently because his goals aren't as consistent when he's on the wing as if he's down the middle getting more chances right and then you know if you're a backup coming off the bench and uber starting up front i know okay my role is i get a chance convert and hold up ball up front because there's two of us or whatever the case may be that clarity will allow you to get more consistent performances out of like i said is all i'm trying to say because right now it's hit miss 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 hit 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 miss 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 you know what i'm saying no consistency whatsoever we don't know what we're doing there and you're telling me that's the guy i want to give a new 130 150k per week contract now you're taking the piss at age 30 now you're taking the piss you know so we're gonna have to have those frank conversations i think we've rated everybody on that front that's the end of that somber tone and that somber note bro let's get into some more positive news we are in the champ you know your champions league oh my by the grace your lord your lord willing we're in the europa league quarterfinals against salvia prague today and it's one of those games where first leg at home we need to win that's understated win this game you in the semi-finals you buy yourself this next three games in between whatever how many league games are in between for you to just free hit free hit free hit because you know the second leg we've taken care of that we can mix it up a little bit with some players i know Miguel is probably going to mix it up a little bit too much so it's going to be a nervy one again but it's cool we'll get into the semis now we're literally three games away from winning this thing and getting back into the champions league focus 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 that's all it takes right now if they can do that you erase all your mistakes that's the crazy thing about or the beautiful thing i feel about certain things in life and most things in life is that you can do a whole lot of craziness and mess up and mess up and mess up when the moment of opportunity is presented to you if you are able to grasp it with both hands all of those mistakes literally are a setup they're not a setback right they're set up for your comeback yet if you dwell on those mistakes they are your setup for your fall that's your setup for downfall so i feel for us we can look back at the season and say we made so many mistakes we shot ourselves in the foot so many times like i said but <laughs> we still 10 points away from top four with eight games to go in the league arguably five games away from being back in the champions league through the europa league route 15 games after having been through all that bullshit 15 games focus dedication devotion belief you could write all of those wrongs and set yourself up for an amazing comeback when you're in the Champions League next season, you got the money to spend. Dangote is pumping up the money. We as Africans are doing a GoFundMe for y'all to buy another player. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we're in a different place. <laughs> we're in a different place. So, just focus. That's all it is. It's a life lesson for all of us, I feel, too. You know, take it, take it as you will. The last six games in all competitions for Arsenal, the form's been, I think, shady-ish, I feel. You know, we've lost, drawn, lost one, two, and drawn. 
in the Europa League. I reckon it's been a last two wins, a draw, and two wins on the bounce. It could be better than that, you know. For Sparta, they're in some pretty decent nick right now, you know. They're undefeated in all competitions. That's 21 in all competitions. Undefeated. <laughs> yeah, let that sink in. It's not going to be an easy one. It's not going to be a walk in the park if we are not focused. If you come in there focused, you will blow them away and show the golf in quality. If you pussyfoot with these ones, okay? That's on y'all. Our only previous encounter versus Savio Prague was in 07-08 in the Champions League group stages. In the first game, we beat them 7-0 at home. At Highbury, that's when Highbury was home. <laughs> we went away and drew 0-0. You see the difference in that margin where we were confident enough to smack them at home. You know, guys like Bednar, I think he scored two, or Theo scored two, and Seth scored. It was one of them crazy games. And then we go away and we draw 0-0. Even then, we had this thing about us. It's always been a conversation of which Arsenal are you going to get. Today, we could comfortably get 7-0 Arsenal and then come back a week from now and get 0-0 Arsenal or lose 3-0 away from home Arsenal. It's real. So rather go and get yourself the confident result and put it in the bag. Put it away. Put it away and don't have to worry about it. That's how I feel about this game. This is our 16th major European competition quarterfinal we've progressed from the last 15 and our last two 2017 2018 we beat CSK Moscow 2018-2019 we beat Napoli we've beaten quality opposition in stages like this to get through yet we know with ourselves we can also slip on a banana peel because the consistency can lag sometimes we're gonna have to work that out in a game like this right we have the most different goal scorers in the europa league this season which is 15 which i think is rather interesting when you consider the fact that the record which was set in 2017-18 is 16 and it was set by the arsenal so all we need is one person who hasn't scored in the europa league this season to score and we equal the record and then one more play after that and we got the record yet again well I mean, these days you gotta find you gotta find a reason to celebrate as a Kuna, man. I ain't even going cap, man. Real talk, I still nail. Savio Pro are a bit of a, a tough team to play as it pertains to how they got here, knowing they beat Rangers in the midst of some racial controversy with Glenn Kamara racial, being racially abused in that game. And I'm one of those where you know we we, we we like the principles that nil by mouth lives by and kick it out of football as as the as the organization was founded um kick it i don't know what they call these days you know it's one of those things where you know it exists in all walks of life if you have something that is as regulated as football and you can't regulate racism there you give no hope to somebody watching on saying i want to fight racism in any other walk of life as it pertains to me when I see you fail at that level as it pertains to all of us. Salvia Prague should not, in good conscience, be able to employ somebody who's comfortable racially abusing an opponent in a sanctioned game and then continue to play in that competition ahead of other teams. When now it's a simple thing of this, let's just keep it true. Someone will be like, oh, it's not fair that you would disqualify the team for one play. I'm not, just put it as simple as this. If I'm a coach and I'm racist and I say, you know what, I'm playing against a certain team who has certain players of a certain race, right? And I know it's going to get into one of their heads if we racially abuse them. Let's just go ahead and do that. I can win the game off of that because I know the league won't punish me. As in, I won't be out the league. We'll still be in the competition. I'll get a fine, get a suspension for two games. I'm in the semi-final of the European competition still. Forget. There are people who think like that. Especially when you don't disincentivize them to think like that. If you don't, if you don't take account of those who already show signs of thinking like that and hold them to account. That player was wrong. I don't even want to know his name. I looked at him like, I don't even want to know how to pronounce your name, Shorty. I don't give a fuck. You racist piece of shit. And I mean that. I sincerely do. And I wish Savio Prague wins in this competition as a result of you. Because we reward shit behavior within our society as a result of our own immorality. Just because you ain't shit doesn't mean you can't say something else ain't shit, dog. I ain't shit. I do a lot of ain't shit shit. You ain't shit. That's what it is. We gotta be able to accept those things within our society, bro. That wasn't right. 
that wasn't right and it's tough to see but it's what it does Savio Prague the team themselves are here on merit they're undefeated in the league they've played 25 120 drawn 5 currently 14 points clear of Sparta Prague which are the only other team we actually really know from there for me the only team I do respect from Prague because Savio ain't shit um nine games to play in the league domestically for them they are defending league champions so they basically they've won it at a cant i mean sparta have two games in hand but with those with those with those 14 points clear right now it seems like that's over for them i mean they've scored 70 goals a season and only considered 15 and 25 games so they're a team that are in this indecent neck you know so we should we should guard ourselves and be conscious of where we at who we are and what we represent at all times right team news for us is the Arsenal David Luiz's out probably for the season now having undergone knee surgery to fix some discomfort in his knee Kieran Tierney suffered a knee injury having been in a clash with James Milner in the Liverpool game so he's out Bukaya Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe may be back they failed late fitness tests against Liverpool so for this game they probably might should be in contention <laughs> Granit Xhaka will definitely be back unfortunately returns post missing the Liverpool game with illness and I'm sorry to be that way yet in reality it is one of those things where he's not good for our team he's not good for where we're trying to go yet we have to live with him because he's a player we consistently chose ahead of other players it's not just one manager who has taken a liking to Granit Xhaka despite his deficiencies. So we're going to have to fall on that sort of Arsenal fans until somebody lifts us off of it, right? Martin Odegaard is doubtful, unfortunately, for this game because he's experiencing issues in his ankle. You know, some discomfort. He's going to face a late fitness test. I think he probably be, will be back for this game. They'll do the injection route and he probably will miss the next game after that. But... You kind of need him for a game like this, especially when you consider the fact that you need as much creative firepower in the first leg at home. See them out, score early against Prague, force them to come out and try to get the away goal, and then batter them to pieces. You do that or you have no chance in the second leg because I don't believe in this team confidence-wise to go all the way to Prague if we're going to play the second leg in Prague and win. So that's what it is. Predicted lineup, Bert Leno up top. I mean, in gulps. <laughs> Brett Leno top. Maybe we should try him a striker. You never know, bro. Brett Leno in goal. Hector Bellin in the right back. Rob Holding a centre back. Right centre back, that is. Gabriel, the left centre back. I know there was shit in the last game against Liverpool, but we need our best players out there. So that's my mentality with this one. Cedric Suarez at left back because we don't have a first team left back in the squad because we just didn't prioritise that because we are Arsenal, I guess. Um, Thomas Partey in midfield I would love to see Emil Smith-Rowe start in deep line playmaker like we discussed because Joe Willock these are the type of games we I thought he was going to be kept in the tuck for because he had done so well in the group stage in this exact position in these very type of games against this level of opposition I could trust Joe Willock to score a goal and create a goal go check the numbers that was his exact average in games like this against opposition like this this season I'm not talking about just last season or season before that this season and then he's out on loan so Emil Smith-Rowe I think should start in that position Odegaard in the 10 go with creativity Partey can hold that midfield down one man against these racist pieces of shit dog go with Partey in midfield surround himself with Emil Smith-Rowe and Odegaard to make the forward attacking runs put Saka on the right side Pepe on the left side because I like how Pepe does track back on the left side he'll cover Cedric Suarez because Cedric Suarez is not naturally left footed he'll probably come in on his right foot a bit more coming from the left wing channel allowing Pepe to go on the overlap on the left side you've seen how more when he's more direct and coming on his left foot on the left side he's a bit of a different threat because you can just shoot straight on target bang on target or go for the cross or just embarrass your fullback for the sake of embarrassing your footback and fullback and play a cutback pass and that's still a chance at goal so i like him over there Saka, like best player of the season so let's continue with that like I said up top because I feel we need to hold the ball up and allow for everybody to run beyond him in a game like this especially when you have runners like Pepe, Udegaard and Emil Smith-Rowe coming in from midfield with Bellerin and Cedric on the wing backs that's going to give us a lot of chances to create and score goals I was thinking about it this game saying predicting a score is a bit tricky with these gooners because you're sitting in a situation saying you can predict a score and then mind them go and do the absolute inverse of that right yet I'm going to be confident because I don't know how to be any other way. 5-0 for Arsenal, bro. We need to win. We have to win. And we're going to win because 
that's kind of what we do in games like this we mess up against liverpool arguably try and mess up against west ham and bring it back to a draw then go thumb salvia prague and then go mess up against sheffield united on on sunday it's, it's actually tough like if you were betting with that clear conscience like that without being a fan i'd be a multi-millionaire for these arsenal but as a fan you're thinking i should beat west ham I should have a chance to get a goal at least against Liverpool. And then maybe Savio Prague first leg at home, they will score. Now nah, I'll get the clean sheet there and then I'll lose that bet. Then probably lose a bet against freaking Sheffield, right? That's why you don't bet on the Arsenal, but <laughs> I digress. Matt Ryan on the bench, Callum Chambers, Pablo Marie, Joao Lopez, I feel should get a chance to back up the left back channel, I think, in a game like this. Mo Neni, Gabriel Martinelli, Reese Nelson. Abumayang with Aiden Ketty or Follerin Balugan keep some firepower in the tuck in case you have to threaten them like that you know if it's half time no no dog I just put on a striker just to scare you <laughs> I put on a striker just to scare you like especially if they started with like four at the back or something silly thinking they have a chance bro I put on a striker just to make you put on another center back make sure you're not gonna threaten me too much even if I went 2-0 I'm okay with this because I have to beat you with no goal scored against me. So when I come away in Czech Republic, dog, it's a nice free hit for me. Every goal I score, you gotta score two. So we're gonna make it do what it do. Otherwise, this has been when Harvey was home. A loud boot podcast presentation. I am your host, True Story. Thank you for joining us on this year. I guess we'll call it a rant even for a little while, you know, because this rant break that we take to look at all things Arsenal related is what it turns out to be these days, right? Just a little role venting session. <laughs> Welcome to when Highbury was home, the Arsenal counseling session. <laughs> Real talk, Brody. Stay well, be blessed to be a blessing. Enjoy the game. May we get some reason to smile you know some reason to be joyous as a result of our team winning and putting one foot in the semi-final of the europa league and then we go again so be blessed enjoy the game have a blessed weekend we'll probably touch base before the start of the weekend otherwise once the weekend's kicked in because we're playing sunday we'll hit y'all up saturday night or sunday morning as per the usual otherwise what it is is what it always be i am true story Please check out the EP, The Last Trick with Tista, available on all DSPs where you consume your music. And yeah, man, love, peace, and eternal blessings. See?